right, so I'm not going to lie. It is uh, very, very strange to uh, be behind the pulpit in a sanctuary where the pews are 100% empty. So, uh, so anyway, and I've, I've heard tell of a couple bets running out there uh, where uh, I'm either going to break the swivel and tripod on the camera going back and forth or... Uh, <laughs> or I, uh, I'm going to go way over time. So uh, in honor of the promise I made to Pastor Jack, I'm going to keep it short and sweet, and uh, I'm going to do the best I can with uh, sit in place in one, one place behind this uh, pulpit here. Um, but it is quite strange being in an almost empty sanctuary. Um, so I'm excited about uh, being able to get back together and... and in the heart of fellowship next week and, and uh, see everybody and, and hang out. That's going uh, to be a big blessing. So we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 4. And as I studied the text, I kept coming back to a couple of questions. A couple of questions kept, kept popping up in, in my head. And and so I want to look at those questions as we explore the text. Um, and that first question is, are we as Christians suffering for the cause of Christ? And I don't mean as Christians are we suffering, because as Christians we're human, so we all suffer at some point or another as, as humans, especially right now with, with the COVID-19 crisis. But w- what, I'm, what I'm referring to is the suffering coming from our devotion to the cause of Christ. And this is a huge question that I believe has resounded true throughout the ages. The question almost stands as a progress check for our lives as Christians. Look at 1 Peter 4, starting in verse 1. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. And as I, as I kept going through that, the term way of thinking kind of started popping up. And it was interesting to me that, that chapter 4 started off with, with that command. Arm yourselves with the way of thinking, in the same way of thinking. And so I, I, I broke down that statement, way of thinking, or that term, way of thinking. And if you look at the, if you look at the Greek meaning, the Greek word for way of thinking, it's the word anoia. And anoia is a compound Greek word similar to our word thoughtfulness. And in this application would align with your moral understanding or your intent of your way of thinking or your intent in the way that you do think. 
And so I don't want to get caught up on um, the, the, the Greek and English wordplay here, but anoia almost sounds like the English word annoy. And unfortunately, it's kind of scary, right? Because as Christians, it, it almost seems like we are annoyed when we have to suffer for the cause of Christ. And naturally, it would be that way, right? Because it's against our human nature to suffer. Our goal is to not suffer, to not be persecuted, to not be ridiculed and mocked. And, and so, as I thought through this, I, I tried to think of someone who has had influence in my life. Um, and, and I've never met this individual in person, uh, but, but when, I was, when I was younger in high school, I read his story. And I want to read a little bit of it right now. It's, it's, um, it's a missionary named Brother Andrew. And uh, he's got one of the most impressive, incredible stories, mission stories um, that I've, I've ever heard. Um, so I want to share a little bit of that with you right now. And in 1928, Brother Andrew was born in the Netherlands. He grew up quite poor, living in the worst conditions of his village. Every Sunday, his family would go to church, during which Brother Andrew would go on his adventures as a child. He did not care for, the, for church as a child, nor the love of God that his parents had on his life. When he was 18 years old, Andrew joined the Dutch Resistance Army. This meant that he was officially fighting with his men against the Nazi party. Andrew was crippled in a hospital with no one but nurses to take care of him. These nurses happened to be Franciscan nuns who were so joyful that it caused Andrew's curiosity to wonder. Upon asking them why they were so joyful all the time, the nuns replied, it's the love of Christ. Why? It's right here in the book beside you. Brother Andrew realized the nun was motioning towards his mother's Bible. After being released from the hospital, Andrew started going to church to find the answers he had been searching for. He was hungry for God. The young man would attend church meetings and Bible studies. He started reading scripture more and more. One night on a search for God, Andrew radically gave his life to Christ. He prayed, Lord, if you will show me the way, I will follow you. Amen. After Andrew surrendered his life to the Lord, an evangelist named Arnie Donker came into Andrew's hometown. The evangelist pastor held a missionary meeting in which Andrew attended. This is when Andrew answered the call to missions. During missionary training, Andrew had to have a great deal of faith for God's provision. Each student was given one pound and was sent out into Scotland for missions. The students did not have a place to stay or any food provided for them. They had to rely on God and his provisions for their every need. In the years of living this life of faith, I've never known God's care to fail, said Brother Andrew in his biography, God Smuggler. 
From his very first trip to Poland, Andrew started passing out Bibles to the Polish people. He was banned from the country once the communists found out what he had been doing. Brother Andrew was a true rebel for the kingdom of God. During his journeys, Brother Andrew would encounter persecution himself. He would smuggle Bibles across the communist borders, relying only on God's protection from the military. He is famous for saying, Lord, in my luggage, I have scripture. I want, you to, take, I want to take to your children. When you were on earth, you made blind eyes see. Now, I pray, make seeing eyes blind. Do not let the guards see those things you do not want them to see. And the Lord answered his prayer countless times. The guards missed the Bibles in the back seat of his Volkswagen Beetle. The story goes on to this day, but Brother Andrew's suffering can be summed up when he said that there are no closed doors to the gospel, provided that once you go through the door, you don't care whether or not you come back out. By verse 7, Peter warns us the end of all times is at hand. See, the time we've taken to focus on our flesh as humans and to feed our passions and desires and wants and ambitions has been sufficient so far in our lives. But the end is near. So today as a Christian, we are charged to set our intentions to the will of God, knowing All the while, we will suffer in our flesh. So the question today is, does our life represent suffering for the will of God? And this is a pretty hard question to hold ourselves accountable to. We don't want to be mocked. We don't want to be ridiculed. We don't want to suffer. But that suffering is not in vain. And what do I mean by that? Because through the grace of God, he has gifted each one of us as individuals to respond to that suffering. But it just doesn't stop with us with our individual gifts. It goes beyond us as individuals, and it really brings in the entire body of Christ. Look at verse 16 very quickly. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name, for it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, What will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And that kind of brings in the fact that this suffering that is going to take place as a Christian in your life as a Christian really unites us as the body of Christ, or it should unite us as, as the body of Christ. 
So then the other side also exists, right? If we're not suffering for the cause of Christ, then we're kind of led to the second question. Are we being good stewards of the gifts that God has given to us? In Matthew 5.10, we read, blessed are those persecuted for righteousness' sake. But if we aren't suffering any type of hardship, if we aren't suffering for the cause of Christ, then are we living a righteous life? And if we're not living a righteous life, is it because we're not using the gifts that God has entitled to us, has given to us, has, has placed in our life by his grace for his glory? In order for us to be in the will of God, we have to be actively engaged in the gifts he's given us, and we have to be using those. In brothers, Brother Andrew's life, we saw this. Immediately after he committed his life to Christ, he committed his flesh to the suffering of, for the glory of God. I mean, can you imagine a man who has devoted his entire life, he was born in 1928, he's still alive today, still doing mission work today, but through many, many communist regimes all over the world from, from Europe to, to Asia, Brother Andrew sat waiting while military, communist military guards came to him time after time again while he's holding Bibles and, the, and really the truth of the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And the fact that he went days stuck on the side of roads with no food and, and, and struggled to get the resources he needed to go to the next place that got... I mean, the, the man was constantly facing this, this suffering. Look at verse 12. Beloved. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. See, we don't suffer in vain, but our suffering leads to the glory of God, and we get to rejoice in that. Peter wraps it up very nicely in verse 19. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Wow, thank you, Logan, for that precious uh, moment in God's word, sharing with you, us from first peter and uh, today maybe you stumbled across this website or this live stream and you're visiting with us here online uh, with crossroads baptist church and you have been moved by the message the sermon the uh, the text that logan has shared with us i want to encourage you would you click on that zoom link right there if you're on facebook or youtube you'll see a link that says zoom 
just click on that Zoom link. There's someone waiting right now that would love to pray with you and encourage you. And if you uh, just need someone to just talk to, we're there for you right now. And as we wrap up our service together today, there will be a time of just uh, some music here at the end, allowing you just to reflect on what you've heard from God's Word and spend some time in prayer. And uh, we'll see you hopefully next Sunday at our regathering service at 9 a.m. in the Family Life Center right here online at 1030 next Sunday. God bless you. And let's spend a little bit of time in prayer together today.